Hi everyone. My name is Emily Banzaff. I'm a conversation designer that recently transitioned into the field from being a professional violinist. Today, I'm going to talk about sound and emotion and why it has the ability to connect to people so deeply in ways that we can use sound to connect to people. This applies to any experience that involves voice and sound. So what is sound? In the simplest terms, sound is vibration. When we create a sound, air molecules start bumping into each other, moving in an up and down pattern that forms the shape of a wave. We're essentially generating a type of energy that enters through our ears and creates a ripple effect through our body. So why does sound affect us so much? Every person in this world is affected in some way or another by sound, whether they realize it or not. Even people that are hearing impaired can feel the vibrations from sound. It touches us to our core and affects us both physically and emotionally. For example, if you've ever felt any type of emotion while listening to music or laughed at a funny joke, cried because you heard a gut-wrenching story, or jumped because you heard a sudden loud noise out of nowhere, you're reacting to sound. Out of the five senses that we have, touch, sight, sound, taste, and smell, sound is the only one that really affects us this deeply. The reason for that is because sound is directly linked to the parts of our brain that control and regulate our reflexes, emotions, memories, and responses. So when the vibrations or sound waves enter through the ear, it's the ear's job to turn those waves into electrical signals that the brain can understand and translate. Aspects of the sound, such as the direction and location of the sound, rhythm, duration, pitch, volume, tone, and harmony and melody if you're listening to music, and more, <laughs> are processed and analyzed on multiple levels and turned into something recognizable. And then our bodies react to the sound based on how it's perceived by the brain. And that's why we closely associate feelings, emotions, and memories with specific sounds, like songs. So when we hear a song that's linked to a significant occasion, we feel and remember those emotions and memories associated with that occasion that our brains attached, attached and linked to the song when we first heard it. So sound is universal. Like I said before, every person in the world has some connection to sound. We have a constant 24 hour soundtrack around us, but we're so accustomed to it that it's not really something people think about. We kind of tune it out unless we're listening for something specific or unless something unexpected happens that grabs our attention. I think we tend to associate sound with, with music more than anything else, but it's important to remember that sound includes anything that makes a noise. Voices, sound effects, everyday noises like a door closing or footsteps and much more. I would encourage everyone to Take one or two minutes out of your day to close your eyes and listen closely to what's around you. And I mean really close your eyes and only focus on listening to the sounds around you. It might take a little time if you're not used to it, 
but I bet you'll pick up on sounds and noises that you didn't even realize were there. Like the hum of the refrigerator, the sound of your own breathing, or other ambient noises. You might hear birds chirping outside, people talking, the whistling of the wind, a clock ticking, or street noises. It's really amazing the variety of sounds that we tune out and take for granted. So how do we use sound to stand out and effectively communicate our message? We actually do this naturally when we talk and use our voices, since that's how we've been communicating literally since we were born. <laughs> but many people don't realize the subtleties and nuances that are involved when saying even the simplest things. So what this really all comes down to is rhythm, tone, pitch, tempo, and volume. So I'm going to use the song Happy Birthday as an example to break down these elements, since most of you have probably heard it before. <laughs> um, it may seem very silly and simple, but there's still a lot of complexity when you break it down. And I am going to use my violin to demonstrate because, trust me, you do not want to hear me sing. <laughs> but um, everything I'm demonstrating applies to any type of sound, whether it's spoken or sung, or even just a noise or sound effect. So rhythm is the length of emphasis that you place on a sound in a sequence. And this includes silence. So for happy birthday, or the happy part, we place a longer emphasis on the first part of the word and a shorter emphasis on the last part. So, and then when you get to birthday two, those are longer than happy, but those are all the same duration. So, there's a little bit more emphasis on the first note because the happy kind of leads into the word birth. So, and then the word you is double the length of the words birthday too. So all together, here's the rhythm. And then that kind of repeats itself as you go into the later variations. But what happens if we mess up the rhythm and do something completely different? Something like this. That sounds really weird, right? <laughs> it doesn't really sound like happy birthday at all. Um, it's kind of recognizable, but we second guess ourselves and say, is that really what it is? <laughs> Our brains create expectations and anticipate hearing this rhythm for happy birthday because that's a rhythm we've learned to associate with these particular words and pitches. As many of us have listen to it and sung it more times than we can count. <laughs> so when we mess with that, it still might be the same notes, the same volume, same pitches, but it, it sounds off to us because the rhythm's not the same as what we're used to hearing. So the tone is the quality of the sound that portrays the character or attitude that you want to convey. So for happy birthday, you probably want more of a round, warm, and full tone, something like this. Um, 
Um, so how would it sound if we switched it up and maybe played it a little bit more edgy or tense? It sounds a little bit, it kind of makes me feel a little bit anxious and definitely not what I want to portray or what I think of when I'm singing happy birthday. So what about if we play a little bit more on the timid side, let's say. It sounds kind of like you're almost a, a little bit afraid or hesitant. You want to be confident, encouraging, and celebratory, like this. So when you're using sound to connect to people, Try coming up with a list of descriptive words for the sounds you want to create. It'll help you focus on what you're creating and narrow down your options. So pitch is the register of the sound. So you could go in a really high register. Or you could go in a really low register. It all depends on the character or personality that you want to portray. And when you're working with voice in particular, gender also comes into play here. And there have been a lot of interesting discussions recently around pitch and gender, particularly in regards to gender, in regards to genderless voices. So pitch is crucial if you already have a personality associated with your brand. So you want to associate the right pitch with the personality that you've created. Otherwise, it breaks the trust and loyalty and that emotional connection that you're building with people. So um, I'll use the default voice of Amazon Alexa as an example for this. So imagine if the default voice of Alexa was a really low and deep voice for, let's say, a 300 pound male <laughs> instead of a woman, but it was still called Alexa. No matter how many times we heard the voice, it probably still wouldn't feel right because we automatically associate Alexa with a woman. And we would probably end up not really wanting to use Alexa because it might creep us out. <laughs> so you definitely want to make sure that you're matching the right sound with your personality. And when you're singing happy birthday, you want to start in a lower register probably because of that big leap in the third, third section. <laughs> You want to start low enough so that you can make that leap without your voice cracking at the top. <laughs> so tempo is the speed or pace of the sound. And this is really important to get correct based on the audience that you're catering to. So if you're going too fast, it, you won't be able to enunciate the words and you won't sound good doing it. <laughs> so people, people need time to be able to process what you're saying. 
So on the other hand, if you're going too slowly, you get the idea. <laughs> It'll feel like it's dragging on and people will get bored very quickly. So you wanna make sure that you're going at a comfortable pace for your audience. So for example, if you're creating a voice experience for seniors, you probably want the voice to go at a little slower pace than if you were creating that experience for teenagers. So finally, volume is the amplitude of the sound or how loud or soft the sound is. So if you're singing happy birthday or creating, creating an experience meant for someone that's hard of hearing, you probably wanna start with a louder volume. If you're singing happy birthday or creating an experience for kids, it's most likely fine to start a little bit softer. But you also wanna keep the volume consistent and relative to the context throughout the experience. So if you're singing happy birthday and you sing some notes louder than others for no reason, it won't make sense. For example, happy birthday is structured, it's kind of structured in four different sections. So you want to have the volume relate to those different sections and enhance the structure of those sections. So the third one is kind of the high point. So you can start with the first one maybe being a little bit softer, the second one being a little bit louder, the third the loudest, and the last, sec last section kind of tapering off a little bit like this. Or you could do something else. It all depends on what you're trying to portray to the audience. So basically the volume helps shape the phrase and enhances all of the other elements that you're working with. And context is definitely key for this. So just make sure you know the why behind why you're creating what you're creating and the and what your audience wants and needs from this voice interaction or sound interaction. So it's also very important to remember that while we want our sound to be recognized, we also don't want to stand out in the wrong ways. Sound can be annoying and distracting to listen to, such as construction in the background or a pen clicking repeatedly. And it can have a detrimental effect if it's not presented the way you intended or if it doesn't match what you're trying to say. So it's really crucial to be aware and careful of how the sound is coming across to your audience and to make sure it's coming across in the way that you want it to come across. So this is only a little taste of the complexity and some of the layers that go into the construction of sound. And there are many other aspects that I didn't even touch on that you could consider, but I would recommend starting with these first. Every decision you make, no matter how small it is, matters, and it will affect what you're saying and how people perceive it. So I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite quotes by Maya Angelou. I've learned that people will, will forget what you said, 
People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. If you have any questions or just want to chat, you can reach me by email or on LinkedIn or on my, or on my website. <laughs> and I'm on Twitter as well. Thank you so much.